Well, this morning I have up uh, on the platform with me a Bible that my parents gave to me when I was in high school. And as, if you can see it, you can see it's all torn and tattered and, and the leather covering's about ready to come off this thing. And I don't even really use it very much uh, any longer because it's, it's, it's fallen apart. I have it, actually have it on a shelf in my home office. And I have this book on, a, on that shelf because it means a lot to me in many different ways. Um, I remember when my parents gave it to me. Uh, and I, again, I, was, I think it was in college. And uh, I remember opening it. My dad said, son, I, I just want you to know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about this. And I said, well, dad, what are you talking about? He goes, well, it is an NIV. And, and, and I said, he goes, it's not King James. And I went, well, I know. I said, but to me, it, it represented a lot to me. It represented freedom in Christ and, and some other things. And then a few years later, my dad started reading out of the NIV himself. But um, while I was in high school and college, I started reading... I got into a reading program of, of reading every single day um, a proverb and a psalm as part of my, my Bible reading program. And so much of that started reading out of this book right here. So it's really important. It's just, it's precious to me. It's the only way I can describe it. And um, before Christmas, I was, as I was reading through uh, my the psalms, I, I ran into Psalm chapter 145. And I can't tell you how many times I've read that. But it jumped off the pages to me in a, in a new and fresh way. Because uh, it's all about the greatness of God. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we spent the whole morning on January 3rd talking just nothing more than about the greatness of God? Instead of talking about, you know, going into a new year and about us and, and resolutions and goals and getting healthy and whatever that looks like, I thought, wouldn't it be just fun just to go into the morning with our perspective being all about the awesomeness and the wonder and the majesty and the greatness of God. So that's what this whole morning is all about. And uh, Mina, a few moments ago, came out and read Psalm chapter 145. And, and really, if you want to turn there, it, it is King David's, not only is it the last psalm that he wrote, but it's the crown jewel of praise. It is actually set apart from the rest of the psalms for one specific purpose, to, to bring praise to the Lord for his greatness. The ancient Israelites actually believed that if you read this psalm out loud two times in the morning and one time in the evening, then you, you would actually be happy. God would bestow a blessing upon you. And if you think about that for a moment, I mean, when you talk about and you focus on the greatness of God, you can't focus on your own problems. You can't focus on your own issues or worries or fears because it's being just poured. It's like the greatness of God and those words are just pouring over all of those issues that we deal with. And what's the result of that? We're going to be joyful and we're going to be happy. So I want to spend a few moments uh, pulling some truths out of this passage of scripture. And they're really truths that God's been speaking to me about over the last month or so as I decided, you know, that back about a month or so ago that that's what we would do this morning. And so if you want to write these down, you can. If not, they're, they're on the app. But the very first thing I want to pull out that is so important and a very big truth about the greatness of God that we see in verses 1 and 2 is that God is exalted as king above all other kings. And that's what we've been singing about this morning. Our God is greater. He is stronger. He is more powerful. Therefore, he is the only being, whether it was last year, this year, or the coming years, that is actually worthy of all of our praise and all of our devotion. There is no other thing. There is no other idol. There is no other God that is truly worthy of our adoration our, in our devotion and our praise. The second thing is that God, our God is so great that his greatness goes well beyond our understanding. And David lays that out in verses 3 through 6. 
You know this, and the Bible talks about this. There are things about God that are so great and so big that we'll never be able to get our human minds around them. And I know sometimes that can be very frustrating to, for us because we want to know things about God. We want to understand his ways. There are things that will happen sometimes. And we'll go, I don't understand that about God. And this psalm actually talks about taking our understanding that we do know and that we do have and giving them down and passing them down to other generations, to letting other generations know about how God worked in our lives, what we've seen, what we've heard, and what God is all about. That's really a big part of parenting. It's a big part of being a grandparent, is taking what we know about God, what he's, do, what he's done in our lives, and passing them down to our kids, passing them down to our grandkids. And I know for some of you, that can be overwhelming, because for some of you, this book is intimidating. The greatness of God, even that topic can be intimidating. And so you may be going, how do I even do that? I don't even know what to tell them. Many years ago, when I learned how to pray, um, I remember that it was my mom and dad that taught me how to pray. And I remember the very first thing that they taught me how to pray was to pray adoration, to pray about God's greatness, to just simply don't ask for anything, don't confess anything, don't, don't thank him for anything, just Talk about his greatness. So even to this day, when I spend my time in the morning with God and, and I start to pray, whether it's I'm on my knees or whether I'm sitting or whether I'm, I'm, I'm journaling, because sometimes I, I write my prayers out, I start off by talking about the greatness and the goodness and the mightiness of God. And I meditate on those things. I meditate on those things. What, is it, what does it mean to meditate on the greatness of God? Well, this will help you as you talk about that with your kids and with your grandkids. You talk about what he is like. You say, I don't know what he's like. That's why we're reading Psalm 145 this morning. Because David talks and he describes exactly what God is like. You talk about what he's done. You talk about what he's done in your life. If you think about your own life through the, the good and the bad, just from your earliest memory until right now, you'll realize that there's a string of God's faithfulness that just runs consistently throughout your life. You talk about what he has said. You meditate on what he has said. I don't know what he said. The scripture is God's very voice speaking to you. And that's how I've, been, that's how I've prayed since my earliest memories. And as I pray the greatness of God and I talk about and I just adore him, what it does is it gets my heart in focus to prayer. There's often times where I will be sitting at my desk and writing or just talking about the greatness of God, and I find myself on my knees because I'm so overwhelmed by the greatness of God. I'll tell you how else that's helped me. When I can't sleep sometimes, I, like some of you, I wake up at 2 in the morning trying to solve all the world's problems, or 4 in the morning. I did that a few nights ago. And then I, I will just go back to my earliest memory, and I will just begin to thank God for everything I can think of that he has done in my life, whether it's been a good, through a good moment or through a bad moment, I just focus my mind on the greatness of God and the next thing you know, my alarm clock's going off. So we can focus on the greatness of God because, you know, that he is, he's, just, he's a God that his greatness goes far beyond our understanding. The third thing, our God's attributes tell us that he is caring and he's a loving and he's a gracious God. That's what David talks about in verses Psalm through 9. Have you ever wondered about God's personality? I know sometimes, you know, it's easy for us to think that God could be aloof or that he's, you know, if we look in the Old Testament, we're like, man, that God is he's ruthless or he's cold-hearted or sometimes when we feel distant from God, we feel like he's so far away, he's distant from us. But when you look at the words of, of verses 7 through 9, here's how David describes him. 
He uses the word goodness. He uses the word righteousness and gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and rich in love and, and, and good to all and righteous and loving. That's, that's the character and the personality of God. And because of the way he deals with us, we can celebrate the fact that that's who he is to us. The fifth, the fourth thing that I pull out of this, this is that God is overall, why? Because he made everything, verses 10 through 13. When you settle in on the fact that everything not only belongs to God, but that every good thing comes from God, and we see that in James 1.17, it will change the way that you not only look at your past, but it will change the way that you deal with your present and the way you deal with your future. It will change the way that you look at your career. It will change the way that you actually define success and define significance. I love, I'm just going to read verse 10 through 12 again. It says, your saints will tell of the glory of your kingdom and they will speak of your, of your might so that all men will know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. When we embrace in our hearts that God is above all and he owns it all and that he's sovereign over all, everything that happened to you in 2015, our sovereign God was over all of that, then it almost sometimes feels just a little bit silly to worry or to get stressed out or to let anxiety overwhelm us or to let fear paralyze us. If he owns it all and he's sovereign over all, then we don't even have to worry about how important we become or how popular we become, or how many people like us, or how successful we become, or how many people know our name. Because not only does, he, does everything belong to him, but he's in charge of giving everything out, distributing everything. So often we get hung up, especially when we get older, and, and you know, in our 30s and 40s, we get hung up on things like success and significance. But what we, realize, what we need to realize is all of that belongs to him. And he gives it to us if he chooses to share it with us. And it, when he chooses to give us any kind of success or any kind of significance or anything that we would deem to be good in this lifetime, it's our job to use all of that to do what? To bring him glory. If John the Baptist had such a great perspective on this fact that I'm talking about right now. In John chapter 3, John the Baptist had thousands of people following him. I mean, for quite a while, he was the man. But he was the forerunner of Jesus. His whole job was to announce that a Messiah was coming. But thousands of people were following him. And what he was doing, he was baptizing people, I mean, by the hundreds. And all of a sudden, one day, his disciples got into an argument with a rabbi. And his disciples came back to John the Baptist. And they said, listen, um, it appears to us, John, that, that all of these people that have been following you, they're no longer following you. You had thousands, but all of a sudden, they're now following Jesus. And John the Baptist said it this way. He had such a great perspective on significance. He said, a man can, only, can receive only what is given him from heaven. In other words, success for me and any kind of significance that I get is only given to me from heaven. And then he said these words. He says, he must become greater and I must become less. Pointing over to Jesus. And then he said these words, which I love. He said this, he says, the one who comes from above is above all, but me, the one who is from earth, belongs to the earth and speaks as one from earth. But the one who comes from heaven, he says, is above all. He must become greater and I must become less. What a great, what a great uh, perspective to have on the whole issue of success and significance. God owns it all. The fifth thing that I pull out of this is that 
God is tender and he's not only tender, but he's locked into the needs of his people. And we see this in verses 14 through 17. Listen to these phrases for a moment. He holds the fallen in his arms. He lifts up those who have been weighed down with problems and difficulties. He is a father that is not stingy with his things. He deals with us as his children, not with closed fists, not with closed arms, but the Bible says with open hands. This new year is going to provide moments where you're going to be stressed out, when you're going to be wiped out, when you're, when you're going to be ready to throw in the towel. And what do we do when we come to those moments? Here's what the Bible tells us to do here. It says, we look up and we trust the one who is faithful to his promises and is loving towards all he has made. The sixth thing is, God is near to all who call upon him. When you feel alone, God reminds us that we're never alone. Some of you may feel like God is, is mad at you or that he's punishing you. I I ran into a letter uh, in our building that a guy was talking about how that God is just punishing him for generations of things that have happened even before he was ever born. And I thought to myself, this is, this is not the God that I know. Maybe some of you, may, you may feel like that you've been disqualified from his grace or that you've been pushed away because of your sin or because of your past. I want you to know as we go into this new year and I want you to know this morning that that's not true. That's not true. And for some of you who are sitting here today just singing, God continues to punish me. He continues to be mad at me. He continues to hold my sins over my head and disqualify me. This chapter tells you it's not true. This passage says he is near to all. But here's the qualifier. He's near to all who call on him in truth. The truth is to recognize that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. And if you have received God's gift of salvation, you have called upon him in truth. And as a member of God's family, you have the privilege of having a loving father who will always be near to you. And then the seventh thing that just jumps out over out of this passage is that God watches over all who love him. That fact gives us amazing hope not only for life, but it gives us amazing hope for when we die. With each breath we take in this life, God is with us. With each breath that we take in this life, God is watching over us. But also when we get to that moment When we take our last breath, we realize that immediately God will usher us into his presence. Now, there's also the second part of the verse, verse 20. And to be honest with you, I thought about just leaving this out, but you can't just jump over a verse sometimes or a part that you may not like that much. But it says this, and it's it's a tough part to deal with. It says, the wicked will be destroyed. Now, how does that deal with the greatness of God? Well, I want to be honest with you. It's one of the toughest doctrines in the Bible for me to personally deal with, the idea of hell. The idea of people being banished from God's presence forever and ever and cast into a place of eternal torment. But I believe that, and I accept that because it's in God's word, and it's true because Jesus talks about it, even though it's a tough doctrine to deal with. But that's why it's so important that we leave this place not just celebrating the greatness of God and walking out and going, wasn't that awesome? But it's so important that we leave this place and talk about that greatness and talk about, that, talk about Jesus and what he's done for us. We talk about that with other people who need to know about his greatness, who need to know about Jesus and what he's done for us. That's one of the reasons why this church exists and that should be one of the main goals of our lives. Not to just sit in his presence and to just bask in the glory of the greatness of God, but to take that and to be filled up and then to go pour it out into our community. We should want everyone, of, everyone that we know that, that 
we serve a great God, a God who is exalted as king above all other kings, a God that is so great that his greatness goes beyond our own understanding, a God that is so great that his own attributes and his personalities describe you include words like righteous and gracious, gracious and loving and, and caring over all. We serve a God who is, who is over all because he made everything. We serve our God. He's great because he's tender and he's locked into the needs of his people. He's near to all who call upon him. And he's one who watches over all who love him. I love this last verse, verse 21, and I'm just going to read it. My mouth will speak his pra- in the praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever and ever and ever. And together we say, amen. Father, we thank you for your greatness and your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that as we focus on it here this morning, I pray, Father, that we won't just get lost basking in the glory of your greatness, but, Father, that we'll pour it out, what we know about you, what we, what's happened in our lives, what you've done for us, what we know your word says, and we'll share that with others that will not only strengthen us through this new year, that will, Lord, allow us to to rest and and trust in you more and your faithfulness, but we'll let other people share in that as well, that we'll see it as our duty to let the overflow, Lord, of our lives flow onto other people. And if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in the truth that Jesus is God's only way to the Father, my prayer for you today is that you'll put your faith and trust in him alone, that you'll make that decision, that you'll let us know about that. Lord, we love you today. you You are a great God. You are worthy of all of our praise, all of our adoration. We believe, Lord, that you are so powerful and wonderful and mighty, and that's why we've devoted a whole morning to lifting up your name, to celebrating you, and we thank you for your greatness and your goodness and how it impacts us every day. In Jesus' name we pray.